Hello everyone, this is your host Carlos of Plug Me In Radio. Be prepared, we got good music, good interviews, and most important, good vibes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Stay tuned for more. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Man, we are back from our two-week sabbatical. Yeah, we had to go do some rerun shows for you. This is Nate Brown Jr. What's going on with the crew? And I got my man Ryan V down from NYC. And we had to take a break. You, you can't do this 52 weeks like straight. You got to take a break. We had to take a mentals. We got our mentals back together. Ryan, how you doing? I feel well rested. I must yeah. say, like you said, two weeks off. It's a long time. It wasn't necessarily two weeks off. We were busy and productive. Dude, we were productive doing a lot of stuff. You did some traveling. You came all the way down to the Hamptons. Actually, the coolest thing is, you know, Ryan and I were doing How long we did it? About two or three years, right, Ryan? We, you've been on the show with it me? It feels like it, but I bet it's been about a year. Maybe no, no, not, no, it's been longer than that. Has it? Maybe a little over a year. Because what happened was we met during the COVID, so this is 22, so it's like two years almost. I've been a regular guest for about two years, but solidified, real yeah. deal, what's going on? Probably a little over a year. We didn't even have a celebration. I guess that was the anniversary celebration. Was the Cannabis Expo 2022. Hampton's yo, Cannabis Expo. Yo, it was phenomenal. And we'll talk about that a little later. But um, before we get into all of that great stuff, today's show was sponsored by who, Ryan? The company that's making us all filthy rich. We're all <laughs> crypto trillionaires because of AlphaCoin. If you want more info, go to alphacoin.coalpha coin. .co. This is a metaverse. This is a city, Nate. We're not talking just a cryptocurrency here. We're talking a city where you can buy real estate and throw concerts. You can immerse yourself inside of these Oculus glasses. The internet, Nate, it's just old school. Your phone, throw it in the garbage. Your television, smash it with a bat. No, I can't. I know, but this is the future. The kids growing up right now that are aged between zero and 10 are not going to buy a television. They're going to buy a pair of sunglasses where you can immerse yourself within the internet and all of these great metaverses, including Alpha. Hold me to it. Go to alphacoin.co to learn more. That's our sponsor here. What's going on? Hey, man. And I also got to do a little back selling too for the upcoming. Oh, before I do that, shout out to North Greece Church over there. They had a phenomenal book bag giveaway last week. My girl, Miss Dina Johnson, did a tremendous job. Um, Monroe County families, they did a tremendous job. They gave out over 420 book bags ryan you know what i call that that's a waste of material i know it's great for the kids now but in the future nate we're not even gonna need backpacks no no no. we're gonna be sitting in bathtubs immersed in hot water they they need need their backpacks they can put their water and stuff in there as they go and get thirsty in the octaverse whatever but anyway they did a great job 420 420 giveaways was which was tremendous wait is that a real number they actually collected 420 backpacks yeah that's what they gave away that's almost cryptic. Why would they? That's a, I don't know. It's an odd number if you ask me. I love that number. I'm just surprised. No, that's, I'm just kidding. That, that was the number they get, they had over that about 500. They didn't reach the 500 mark. They reached the 420 mark. Oh, hey, that's better that's than as high last as I year. Because like last year only gave out 200. So they doubled wow. the effort this year. And they hit most of our favorite number. Great work. So. Great work to those that put that together. <laughs> You know what? I love your subliminal messages. If you, you have to understand where he's coming from with the subliminal text. But before we get into our sports segment, 
Hey, I got to do one more thing. Um, October 20th, Saturday at Frontier Field, Ryan. And you and I got to get raise some money for this. It's the Alzheimer's Walk. I told you that, man. It's the Alzheimer's Walk, Frontier Field, October 8th. It's going to be at, I think they start at 8 o'clock in the morning. If you want more information, go to alz.org slash walk. Okay. We're supposed to be getting the team together. So I need you, Ryan. We got to raise 500 bucks. And for the people out there, let me just give you the 10 signs of Alzheimer's so you can understand where we're coming from. The first sign you will see a warning sign is memory loss that disrupts their daily life. The second sign is challenges in planning or solving problems. The third sign is difficulty completing familiar tasks. The fourth sign is confusion with time or place. The fifth warning sign is trouble understanding visual images and relationships, okay? Sixth sign, new problems with words and speaking or sentences. That's a big one that happened to my mom, okay? Misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace your steps is seven. Number eight is decrease or poor judgment. Number nine is when you withdraw from work or social activities. And number 10, change in mood or personality. Go to alz.org slash walk. We need you folks. Honestly, we need you to participate in this process and um, help some folks because you might have somebody in your family with dementia and Alzheimer's. You don't even know it. Okay. 10 morning sign. Speaking of don't even know about stuff, Ryan, what happened to the Knicks? They passed on Donovan Mitchell. They passed on Donovan Mitchell. I am one happy Clippers fan today to get him out of the West and into the East on a team that is not the New York Knicks. This could be an all-time blunder. I know that Knicks fans are trying to convince themselves that it was better for them to save these first-round picks, but how many first-round picks actually turn out to be anything in a New York Knicks uniform? Let's be honest here. Well, what happens, the Knicks always trade them away, and they end up being good. I mean, just, I mean, but, but honestly, I, I think as a Knicks fan, I'm going to take the, the counter point on this. I think they did right by working with their young guys. Because too often the New York Knicks get rid of the young guys and they end up, end up doing something phenomenal with somebody else. So, who are you referring this- to, Nate? Because I'm like thinking about it right now. There's Porzingis who peaked on the Knicks. There's, no. I- I'll say that Tim Hardaway Jr. became a better Hard- player when he Hardaway was Hardaway Jr., they traded away the, 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 the Bullock guy who was killing them last year in Dallas. They traded away the Frank Nikita. They didn't even let the guy play. He's a bum. Why would he let him play? He, sh- he should be playing in Italy. But the, f- the fact of the matter is they ain't even give the guy no shine. They traded away. Back in the day, they traded away. What's my man? David Lee. And he ended up winning the championship with the Golden State Warriors. He so was, I'm just he telling was you. well past his prime when but he look, left the bro, New York. He was great on listen, that. man. The Knicks, like I said, bro, have a history of messing up and trading away good people. So keep the core group. Now, I would I would have been happy if they traded away Randall. Because, you know, he ain't got no handle. He wasn't offered. So let, we got to let Nobody wanted him. Offer. They didn't want him. Randall would have been a good fit on Sacramento. And they were in talks to move him to Sacramento. But like always, blundered, made a failure at the trade deadline. This is just normal Knicks culture. At the start of the trade talks in July, New York offered Utah R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first-round picks. Okay. The Jazz and they said that- no. Because Danny Ainge wanted to pimp him and get more picks. 
he, which honestly, which is which is expected from Danny Ainge. You know he's going to do that. But once again, like let's let's study the first round picks recently of the New York Knicks. We had Kevin Knox. What a waste they of a pick. They didn't play the kid. Listen, what I'm trying to explain to you. When you don't play people, you can't expect them to get good. First of all, Tom Thibodeau is a suck ass coach. Ooh. Let's just say that, okay? And you can you can print me on that. Print it, copy it, keep it in the end. Don't take it out. He really is. He's not a good coach because he doesn't play the young guys. He plays the. If Julius Randle's out there messed up and you're still playing him, what the hell is your problem? It's coaching. He's a bad coach. He's past his prime. You need to get his ass out there and do something else. Okay, that's the first thing. The Knicks need a, a younger coach who like to work with young guys and let these brothers run. Hell, I could do that. So that's I could, I could sit on the sideline and say, listen, fellas, two one two zone, three two, and no and do not give the ball to Randall. You don't you do not you don't bring the ball up. I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I would I would uh, have to agree with you with that strategy. Try to not let him run the point like he has been over the past few years. But you're not a point forward. You're not. I and agree. that's Thibodeau's fault. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He might not be the right fit. Thibodeau might not be the right fit. I'm, I'm telling you, sure. it's Thibodeau's fault. He's a suck-behind coach. But a run-and-gun offense? Is that what you're referring to? Some type of run-and-gun offense with Jalen Brunson? I mean, Look, what's going Go ahead. I, the, the real debate here and the real question is, did the Knicks miss out with Donovan Mitchell? And I, I don't think they did. Absolutely. For, for, for making yeah. that trade, once again, let's go over this one more time. R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, three unprotected first-round picks. You're not going to get somebody like Donovan Mitchell unless you make a trade. And okay, and, and, okay that, listen, listen, listen to what you just said. You just gave away two, one-third of your team. Get rid of him. Get, what is Obi Toppin really going to do? I'm sorry. Obi Toppin can't really play because you got scrubby ass Randall there. This is the point I'm making to you. Uh, you got to get rid of that dude in order for the young guys to play, or you got to give him less minutes. There's no way in the world Obi Toppin can get better sitting on the bench by you letting Randall play. That That's is my point. point. That is my definitely point is a fair point. You have to get rid of Randall, any other junk, and you got to let those young guys play because they, to me, if you let those young guys play, Quentin Grimes, Quigley, uh, Cam Redding, they got a nice little young crew. They could go do something. Now, they might not win, but at least the garden will be rocking. And I think you have to make R.J. Barrett. He could, go, he, he could morph into a star, I think. When, I think have they, when was the last time the Knicks developed a superstar? Shit, Patrick Ewing. Literally, <laughs> Patrick Ewing. I, mean, I do not trust the New York Knicks to develop R.J. Barrett into a superstar. I'm sorry. And I like R.J. Barrett. I thought he had a great skill set coming. He would have been a perfect swingman had he gone to any other team. Well, maybe not any other team, but definitely not the Knicks. Right now, if they had made that trade, they'd have a top five shooting guard in the NBA, somebody that can close out games. The guy's incredible. So if I were the Knicks, I would have made that, pulled the trigger no matter what, because clearly they cannot develop players. If you go back and look at the history of their first-round picks, let's do this really quickly. Starting with last year, Kai Jones, Keon Johnson. The year before that, Obi Toppin. Year before that, RJ Barrett. Let's go a year before that, Kevin Knox. Year before that, Frank Nicolina, like you said. I don't even know how to say his name. Porzingis. Year before that, Hardaway. Year before that, 
Costas Pompanuco, not even a first round pick. So you look at this and it's just evidence that the Knicks cannot develop Listen, players. Or I cannot defend the Knicks on that. I can't do that. I'm not going to do it. I look like an a-hole, so I'm not going to do that. But I'll, what, what, what I will say is this, and, and, and I hate to agree with Stephen A. on this, but I have to do it. You need a superstar to come to New York, okay? And what's been happening is for you not to get LeBron, for you not to get any superstar to come to the Mecca of basketball, there's something wrong internally with the Knicks. Because if nobody wants to go to New York, there's something wrong. For sure. I mean, nobody wants to. They'd rather go to Brooklyn and put up with Kyrie and crying Kevin Durant than come to the Garden. And I still think they paid too much for the Brunson guy. And they should have got Donovan Mitchell and not the Brunson dude. But that was the inside track because the Leon Rose and his dad was on the Knicks. So that was some collusion backdoor stuff. I hope it works out for you, Knicks. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have some other more discussions on some baseball. And we're going to tell you the reason why this cannabis thing is so hot, so hot. I'm not going to even reference Nelly because he's an idiot. We'll be right back. And listen, what's going on with Brown, with, with Nate Brown Jr. and my man Ryan? And we in the building. And he's from NYC. And I was down there for the place to be a couple weeks ago. So we'll be right back. Fox Sports, don't go no place. Sumo World. Switch your house, Nappy Boy Collabo. Young Cash, Sumo. Let's go. We did yeah. school all night. You can lean by the pine. Switch, switch, switch your house. Stand on my money, baby. That's how a player knows. Yeah. We can't yeah. all night. 
push my shit high, stay poly, poly if you hear me Peace and change shine bright, pop the trunk, neon lights Deep in the heart of Texas We jamming screw all night, drinking lean by the pie Push, push, push your high, stay poly, poly if you hear me Peace and change shine bright, pop trunk, neon Welcome back to What's Going On, The Experience with Nate Brown Jr. and the crew. Here we are on Fox Sports 1280, and I'm hanging with my man, Rye Guy from NYC. Had me in the Hamptons a couple of weeks ago, thinking that I got some money in my pocket, but I don't care because I was hanging any damn way. Okay, looking good, looking fly, hanging with my man, Mr. Gary. How you doing, Gary? Hey, guys. Hey, Nate. Mr. Gary, beer friend, Hamptons legend, universal legend. He is a legend. He put together, I got to his premise by saying this man put together the greatest cannabis event I've ever been to. All of you know that I'm a degenerate. All of you see the flyers that I post. I'm at every rundown bar on Long Island. Every horrible place you can find me there taking pictures with the local Long Island. I don't want to say the word, but you can imagine what these Cretans are like. And the event that we just went to, Nate, unbelievable. That was a billion-dollar event, literally. So, Gary, it's a great pleasure to have you here today. As a matter of fact, Gary, we're going to talk off mic because you got to bring that upstate. You did it downstate. (laughs) you got to get the folks in Rochester, Buffalo, and Syracuse Uh and Niagara Falls to experience that because that was an experience. And I don't think anybody really understands what you did and how you connected some dots. So tell folks about you as the event founder for Hampton Cannabis Expo. Okay, thank you for that. Um, So yeah, we had the show two weeks ago uh, at the clubhouse in in East Hampton. It was the fifth annual show, uh, five years in a row. I've been doing it on the third weekend of of August uh, out here on the East End. And we had uh, almost 700 people come and register uh, this year. And uh, they were all serious minded business professionals, not people looking for a uh, a farmer's market, but serious entrepreneurs and investors and operators um, that were gathering together um, to commercialize and boost the image. So it was, uh, and it was a lot of fun. And of course, the Ryan show was there for the first time live on the main stage, same stage that Bon Jovi performed at. Um, so did the Ryan show, and it was great. And, and I'd love for Ryan to share with us a little bit about uh, what the programming that, that he de- developed there called Women in the Weeds. And that was just fantastic and amazing, Ryan. Um, you should really take the credit for that. You got to take the credit for this. It was your brainchild, though. Let's be honest. It was your idea to come up with the Women in the Weeds podcast segment. I was coming through just to hang and do what I normally do, but you had the brilliant idea to put a spotlight on mm-hmm. these powerhouses in the cannabis industry. When you think of these powerhouses, you don't you normally think of women, but wow, we're, we're talking lawyers, educators, legislators. Uh, Tremaine S. Wright, who is beyond a marijuana celebrity, a cannabis celebrity. She's so funny to see how starstruck everybody was. She's the chairwoman in New York State here. Cannabis management. You got it. So she's in, she has a lot of power right now and a lot of responsibility on her shoulders. And to see her so hands-on with everybody was was incredible to me. Now she was there all day, the entire event with the people, answering any questions, not just up on stage. So just a tremendous opportunity to put together something like the Women in the Weed segment. 
And if you want to learn more about this Women in the Weeds podcast, check out At The Ryan Show on Instagram. It's coming out very soon, the full video edition of it. But, but, but Brian, Brian, you had other women like Janine M. Sullivan, Chief Investment Officer from Arcview Ventures. I mean, you had a crew on that stage. Um, Cheryl Murray Powell. She was great. I mean, I was, I was watching you play it. You know, Cheryl I was, was great. Right. And I you mean, mentioned uh, Jean Sullivan. That's the last person that you'd expect to be a part of the cannabis industry. She had never smoked in her life. And then later on, after doing tremendous things in business, decided to take uh, the leap over to cannabis and was open-minded, did her research and education. And, you know, you hear a lot of hippies always saying, oh, well, you know, we put all this work in. We don't want people from the outside to get into this industry. But you know what? That's what it takes to really normalize it. If it's really a plant for the people, it's got to be for everybody. So it was and, nice and to see her work. And another thing, too, um, um, Bryant, you had some accounting firms there insurance i mean you just had actually the pizza was very good <laughs> yes it was indeed. So, so all i gotta say uh, the pizza was very very good okay <laughs> so it was the bomb man we need to do it now let me ask you a question how'd you come up with this though b i mean what was your what was your thought process you said it's five years in a row so five years ago you're sitting around you and your boys you're thinking about this industry Boom. <clears throat> I, I thought it was amazing that it was becoming legal and prohibition was occurring six years ago. And it was mind boggling to me that there wasn't any professional networking events uh, for serious minded people. It, I, I really couldn't understand this. This to me was bigger than cryptocurrency. It was mm. a lifestyle change, not just an economic change. It's a legacy lifestyle change for some people. Yeah, you know, so I became an advocate, you know, because what it does for my children and my grandchildren generationally, how it's better for them than pills and alcohol and all the other medicinal and recreational outlets uh, that exist as, as a way of life, as a better way of life. Um, <clears throat> it's not for everyone. Not everyone needs it. And I kind of felt that there wasn't professional minded networking events because of the stigma and everyone was scared to come out of the closet and talk about it saying, Hey, yep. um, I'm a single dad with three kids. I'm a lawyer for many years. I ran a public company. I was a what? head at the world bank and here I am. I'm, you know, the world's newest advocate for um, commercializing and boosting the image of, uh, of the cannabis industry. And I figured if anyone was going to break glass, especially on the posh section of the Hamptons, I figured I would take that fight on and break glass. And, um, you know, felt good doing it and it, and it feels good. And, and but, but Gary, this is the wild part about it. Anytime the speaker that said it back in the day, John Boehner, bounces from, from, from politics and gets in the cannabis business, mm -hmm. that should tell you something. Mm -hmm. See, well, that, see, that to me was a, was a tale. I'm, oh, I see you, my man. So when Boehner bounced, and he was on some board or whatnot for the yeah. cannabis, so this is, you said something to the stigma. Mm -hmm. How many folks in America have gotten college degrees, doctors, lawyers, architects, and you said it, they were, they were in the closet. They couldn't say what kind of kept them going all these years and not losing their mind. Yeah, I guess what I'm really trying to say is it's normal. I try to normalize the industry. There shouldn't be a stigma. Why is alcohol so glamorous and cannabis? That's my point. 
That's why I was going. It's it's Madison Avenue. It's it's all the typical things generationally. And there's certain people that are in our, you know, our contemporaries generationally that just are closed minded to it. They've just been brainwashed as as I was when I was younger. I wasn't a stoner as a kid. I never even tried it until I was 30 years old. And it was, you know, primarily for uh, medicinal reasons. <laughs> you know, I was always Why? against drugs and pills. It's so important to have people that start later on in life. Because like you said, it erases that stigma and it makes it the people's plan. It needs to be normalized. It can't just be all of us young potheads. Come on. Let's be everybody. <laughs> well, the, the, another thing, too, I thought was interesting at the event mm -hmm. was the native, the indigenous folks. Mm -hmm. So um, from the Shinnecock um, yeah. Nation yeah. and the yeah. Montauk tribe, I was like, I was vibing on that so hard because this lady, Janae yeah. Bullock, what a pretty self. God. <laughs> You know yeah, I'm telling yeah. you the truth too, G. Well, I mean, it was just phenomenal to see, like you said, for them to talk about getting back to the earth and, and what the earth gives us and having that connection and that spiritual kind of connection was really, really interesting to see what she was talking about and how she's the manager for Little Beach Harvest, which is a cannabis business owned by the Shinnecock Nation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I thought that was really special. Um, what I've done for the past two years at my show is I started it instead of doing the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, I thought it was more appropriate to have uh, the Shinnecock Nation Shinnecock, I saw that, do a land acknowledgement, you know, acknowledging that um, the land that we're on, that we're about to start our event at, really originally belonged to the Indigenous Nation. And we took it and, you know, we want to make sure that generationally we could recognize that, acknowledge it, and somehow figure out how to right or wrong. And one of the beautiful things I think about their participation at the show, uh, by, by doing the land acknowledgement and opening up with cannabis, the ability for the Shinnecock Nation to commercialize legally in the cannabis industry with the backing of Tilt Holdings, a substantial amount of capital yes. and support, it's a way for them to kind of be liberated financially and kind of you know giving them a head start and an edge on the economy and, and taking advantage of prohibition which is a great commercial opportunity so for me it's just heartwarming it's a it's a local public interest story um i live five minutes from the reservation uh, here in the hamptons um, my kids were raised in this community so you know it's very heartwarming on a national and, a, and on a local level and you know to participate in that it's so uh, one of the greatest accomplishments i think uh of the show well but that was special for me seriously just to see um all those folks come together and having serious conversations around this industry and what it can do like you said for folks generationally and um from my standpoint i'm on the social equity committee for cannabis here in, in upstate new york along with dr reginald fluellen i've been on several zoom calls with tremaine she's a tremendous lady um mm -hmm. When they roll out some funds, um, Senator Ruth Haskell Thompson from downstate will be on that committee. We'll connect you guys. So um, this has been a tremendous eye-opening opportunity for me. And I really want to bring this upstate. So we got to talk about that, okay? <laughs> Take no, the show on the road. Huh? Take the show on the road. No, dude, you, ha dude, you have to. Mm -hmm. Because it's so powerful, right? Mm -hmm. and I, like I said, I'm up here. And sometimes we got blinders on up in this bad boy. I live in upstate New York. I, you, you, are you familiar with upstate New York? 
Yeah, I know West New York very well. I had an office in Pittsburgh many decades ago. Yeah, yeah I was in Pittsburgh up, up in Brighton. I know the whole area. Yeah, so so you know how ultra conservative these folks could be. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. It's the further you get from New York City. <laughs> so it's time to take off the damn blinders, Rochester, Buffalo, Circus, Albany, because Gary and the crew is coming. <laughs> and when they land, I'm telling you, when they land, your life will be changed forever. If you plugged in, if you are plugged in, your life will be changed forever. And I'm a, and I'm getting ready to be a testimony to that in a few months, Gary. Okay, okay. Don't forget about the small guys again. Playboy, like I told you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a poor rat that only got one hole to crawl out of, my brother. Okay, so I got you. <laughs> Your man got you. But I want to thank you so much. And let me ask you another if folks want to get in contact with you, hmm. how can they do that? Um, they can go to the website and email me, canexpo, C A N X P O dot com. C A N X P O dot com. There's no E in there. And uh, you could email me from there. You could also look at the program guide from my last few expos in Palm Beach and the Hamptons. Uh, there's a photo gallery up there with images from last week, uh, and videos will be uploaded uh, tonight as well. Oh, hey, Gary, I want to ask you another quick question. You know, um, I do the Super Bowl um, every other year. I didn't go last year because of COVID, but I think I went two years ago to Atlanta, three years ago. i like to see if we can invite you to come out there to talk to those athletes. Okay. Sounds like fun. Make a connection. No, it's, it's fun, but it's business, too. Okay. So, I'm in. All right, so you don't have to, to, make it to go to the Super Bowl. Remember, what happens at the Super Bowl stays at the Super Bowl. Okay, and uh, it's going to be in Phoenix this year too. By the way, okay, All okay. Right. All right, maybe like we'll to yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that, right? And also, for, for the children out there listening, at can underscore xpo on Instagram, follow him there. Exactly. Hey, G Money, I want to thank you, Gary, so much for doing this for us. And um, this is not the last that we're going to go, you know, we're going to be doing. So um, okay. we're going to try to make sure we get some up here, though, next year. Because upstate New York deserves something great like that. And I got a nice little spot, Charlotte Beach. But like I said, you know, you've been up here. We'll find a nice landing spot for us because it has to rival the Hamptons. I'm sorry. It has I to mean, be in the warm weather, though, up there. I'm not going up there in the winter. Oh, 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 I, I wouldn't want you to. I used to stay at the Woodcliffe up in Pittsburgh a lot. Oh, you know, in the lines, you play a little golf. They got nine holes yeah, up it's there. A beautiful place. That's usually yeah, where yeah. I would stay. And and um and actually, that might be the move. Having an event up there, bro. It's a good. It's a good spot. It's a good spot. The lodge at Woodcliffe. See, look at that. We're thinking already, homie. See, I know my Western New York. Yes, yeah. it's Western New York. You got it, Western New York. You got it. You got it, Western New York. All right, fellas, I want to thank you. Maybe we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we got some baseball that we got to do, right? Because my Metsies is spanking everybody, and your stinkies are going down. Yeah, we'll see about that. That's my point here. I call them the stinkies. Stinkies are going down. Mets are going up. We'll be right back. What's going on? The experience with Nate Brown Jr. and the crew. Ryan from NYC, the place to be. Don't go no place.
I go a hundred on everything, loving that money, I need me a wedding ring I told my bitch that I'm hungry and I ain't gonna stop till I make more than yesterday I go a hundred on everything, loving that money, I need me a wedding ring I told my bitch that I'm hungry and I ain't gonna stop till I make more than yesterday I go a hundred on everything, I go a hundred on everything I go a hundred on everything, I go a hundred on everything I go a hundred on everything, loving that money, I need me a wedding ring I told my bitch that I'm hungry and I ain't gonna stop till I make more than yesterday, huh I hit the plug and I leave with a lot I hit the lot and I leave with a drop I gotta go make me way more than yesterday Loving that money, I need me a wedding ring, wedding ring I'm in the trap smoking wedding cake When I fuck my bitch, we had better days Nigga, we might just go up, blow a bag today I got a promise to pick up them racks today These niggas broke, period Fuck them niggas, I ain't hit 30 on me in the series I said some shots, she dance to get the lyrics She give me head on the pier I go 100 on everything None of my niggas need anything Draco, Draco, got that Draco You fucking with Draco He gon' take your face off, gang, bitch I go a hundred on everything, loving that money, I need me a wedding ring. I told my bitch that I'm hungry and I ain't gonna stop till I make more than yesterday. I go a hundred on everything, loving that money, I need me a wedding ring. I told my bitch that I'm hungry and I ain't gonna stop till I make more than yesterday. I go a hundred on everything. I go 100 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 on everything. Loving that money, I need me a wedding ring. I told my bitch that I'm hungry and I ain't gonna stop till I made more than yesterday. Huh? Oh, taking all to get the money. I ain't committed a show for no baddies. She killing me, I get water wet when I get in it. I feel like I'm drowning. Oh, gang going up. We taking off this shit. We blowing up. I only hit the big one with my sweat, so I had to hit it in a rush. Fuck with niggas talking about it. Assume I know it's shooting. Got shooters make movies. Yeah, niggas better get down for the gun blow. I put still shooting. Niggas gonna do it. Didn't wanna hit her. What my type? I like a bad bitch like Rihanna. We up on the squad with numbers. Niggas gonna hit, but they don't want no drama. Yeah. Loving that money, I need me a wedding ring. I told my bitch that I'm hungry and I ain't gonna stop till I make more than yesterday. I go 100 on everything, loving that money, I need me a wedding ring. I told my bitch that I'm hungry and I ain't gonna stop till I make more than yesterday. I go 100 on everything. 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 I go 100 on everything, loving that money, I need me a wedding ring. I told my bitch that I'm hungry and I ain't gonna stop till I make more than yesterday, huh? Welcome back to our next segment of What's Going On, The Experience here in Fox Sports 1280 with Nate Brown Jr. and the crew. And I got my man Ryan Vidal from NYC. And today's show is being sponsored by AlphaCoin. Follow us on Instagram at alphacoin.co. Ryan, who we got in the building, man? You be, you be getting all the guests, man. Who we got in the building now, homie? This was an encounter of fate. I went to a party back in the day. We just had Gary on. We talk about all of these crazy, shabby events. Well, it was one of those. And this man was working a stand selling the most fire merchandise ever. Shouts to NYP or NYB. You can look, or I'm sorry, NYPB. I want to say what the actual brand is, but I'm not sure. You know what? It's a clothing brand. New York Pot Butter. Do the math. That's it's it. the greatest butter on earth, damn it. That's and my it. man here, turns out, he was part of the legendary 2012 Stony Brook Seawolves baseball team that made it all the way to the College World Series. You remember that, right, Ned? I mean, this was one of the craziest runs ever. And they even took on the motto, shock the world. The world was indeed shocked. 
and we have one of the pitchers from the team here. Mr. Franco Van Durka is here in the flesh tonight. Give it up for a Long Island legend. Here on what's what going up, on. What up, Franco? You guys, thank you for having me. I appreciate this. It's going to be a lot of fun today, man. So, so check it out, man. You was part of that 2012 Stony Book Seawolves baseball team. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I uh, I got in in uh, 2010, and uh, right off the bat, was one of the starting pitchers. And uh, that 2012 year, they actually had me closing. So it was uh, it was it was a little different, but but that team was something, man. And so that- so, so you guys made a run, huh? Oh yeah, yep. And you know what's funny? You know we were. I want to say we won like 43 or 44 games that year. Um, when I came from my recruiting visit, Coach Matt Sank, who is still doing his thing over there, he's 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 close. He's closing in on 900 wins now too. Wow. Um, he actually told me in my recruiting visit, he's like, "Dude, you're going to be part of a top 10 team, you know, if you come here." And this was back in 2008. So I'm sitting there like Stony Brook, to top 10. Looked it over for a little bit, and then what a decision I made, man. That's uh, I'll stick by that one for sure. What made now, you go to high school? Uh, so I'm from Levittown. I went to MacArthur High School, um, Abbey Lane Elementary School. Chomp, chomp. I got, got shot them out. Um, mm. But, yeah, I was a Lev- Lev- Levittown MacArthur kid. Okay. Now, who else recruited you? Uh, so I was recruited very early. I was recruited in my you know so- end of my sophomore year, going into my junior year of high school. Um, I had, you know, I had a, comp- a couple of big schools, um, you know, UNC being one of them. That was my, that was my dream school. But. What Coach Sank offered me, man, was, you know, exactly what I was looking for. You know, he told he told me I was going to pitch. That was number one. You know, I didn't want to go to a school and sit there red shirt for a year, and mm-hmm. then have to you know redo it all over again. So, um, you know, UNC was my number one. But all in all, you know, I had coaches that went to that went to Stony Brook. I had a bunch of friends that went to Stony Brook that also played in MacArthur. So it was just a perfect fit, man. Okay, so I, I got to ask you a baseball question, right? Okay. I don't like I don't like aluminum bats. I don't like them. I think they dilute. I, no, really, I think they dilute baseball. I, I'm just an old school knucklehead. Okay, I, just me. I think when you, and plus, I'm watching the World Series and them aluminum bats. They were jacking them little dudes up. Oh yeah. They was coming off that. Them bats was them, that ball was coming off with heat. One dude knocked the dude in the stomach. He he was done. The little guy was done. I'm like, I hope he's all right. So I'm just saying, why? Do college and little league mess with that damn aluminum bat? Help me out. You know, man, that that's a that's a. I wish I had the answer for that because that's a great. That's a question we ask ourselves. Um, you know, especially in little league and, and college, man, these guys are hitting the ball with that metal bat. You know, I'm telling you, man, like you're playing third or first. God bless, dude. You know that's. It's that, supposed that, to prevent injury too. They say that it's because they don't want the bats to break. You yeah, to get stabbed yeah. there. Somebody be crazy like Mike Piazza and throw a bat at poor Roger Clemens. <laughs> no, uh, no, but no, but no. Seriously, just in terms of <laughs> of the equipment, because because like I said, I'm a, I watch baseball all the time, and I love baseball. But for me, I'm thinking that aluminum bat for the young kids is it just doesn't make good sense to me. You know, if if they're if they're going if they want to play professional sports, you know, if they want to play in the MLB, you know, why not start them with a wood bat and for me, you know, we, we, we were Division One, but Division Two and Division Three, and even NAIA schools, they're using wood bats as well. So, you know, some of our guys, they go to the summer, like summer ball leagues, you know, Cape Cod, whoever it may be. Right, the wood bat leagues. And they're all wood bat leagues, you know, and, we, and we're, we're, you know, a step behind because we've been playing with, you know, yes, these, yes, these metal bats are deadened a little bit, 
Um, you know, I was actually lucky enough when, when I came in in 2010, that's when they switched to BB Corbett. So you saw like the, you know, I think Lance Berkman, like the, a couple of years, like, you know, years before that hit like 39, 40 home runs in college. The most you'll see now is like 15. So we, so thank God I was a pitcher during that, during that time. But mm-hmm. um, so they did, they did make a conscious effort, I guess, to, you know, deaden the bats, make them more wooden like, but you know, these, you got some big boys here now, man. You got serious athletes swinging these things. These are Dude, man. I mean, like as I'm watching little league and I feel so sorry for them. Cause then that, when that when that ball goes over that bat, a couple, a couple of little little guys can pitch 60, 70 miles, and then it's close too. You see how close the mound is in the little league, as compared to you know regulars. Yo, man, I'd be scared for my little kid. That my kid have to have a full regalia if he's pitching in the little league. Definitely, definitely. Have an armor. And you see, like these Hawaii kids, man, they're hitting these balls. They're hitting them over you know high school fields. Yep. Like that, that two hundred foot fence is not going It's not containing any of these kids. Yeah, and they're not even using steroids yet. Not, not yet. You gotta start no. them young, though. Right? <laughs> oh no, I don't think so. Hey man, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, I want you to talk to me about what's going on with the Mets and the Yankees in Major League Baseball, just in terms of the run right now. Right, we're in September. This is what is happening. You know, you got to beat up on all the bad teams, like the Mets been doing, and the Yankees have not been doing. Okay, and if the Yankees collapse, this is going to be the biggest collapse in Major League history. Am I right, my man? Help me out now. Listen, you are wrong, but hey, we're New York guys, man. We don't, I we don't want that. You know, either side. I'm a Yankee fan, but I I root for the Mets. Oh, I'm gonna love, give, it, I'm I gonna give, I'm gonna give it to you, and I'll come back, man. We're gonna take a quick oh, man, break. Listen, <laughs> quick break, and when we come back, we talking all things baseball. This is what's going on, the experience with Nate Brown Jr. and the crew, and we'll be right back. I'm so glad. 
and I am so grateful. Don't care if it took long. We are back for our final segment of What's Going On in the Experience here on Fox Sports 1280 with my man Ryan V and our guest. Ryan, let them know who our guest is, man. Well, we have the one and only Franco Van Durka, formerly known as the closer for the legendary 2012 Stony Brook Seawolves baseball team. They made it all the way to the College World Series, a legendary run. There's actually a great documentary that was recently made and posted on the mm-hmm. Stony Brook YouTube if you want to learn more. So go, everybody needs to go check that out. But uh, but he's also an expert in baseball, and that's what we got to get into. We have Nate just spitting blasphemy going into well, this I'm last Frank, break. I'm, Frank, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're a Yankee fan. You know what I mean? I'm okay. I mean, like, I grew up 10, 12 blocks from Yankee Stadium, literally. And when I was a young boy, we used to go to Yankee Stadium, and I hate to admit this, but go to the bleachers or like a buck, a buck fifty, and just torment Joe Pepitone out in the outfield. <laughs> we would, I mean, we literally would just, we would be just tormenting the, yeah, hey, the Yankees suck, yeah. and then they look up at us like, well, take your asses home if we suck. And I mean, they would just like give us the bid, and these are players. They would, they would cackle back at us, man. Roy White would like look at you like, oh, you stole something. Okay, so back in the day, man, we should just mess with the Yankees, man. But that's my Yankee story. But I grew up a Met fan. I like the Mets because they were always an underdog. Everybody loved the Yankees. Everybody loves a winner. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Everybody's on the, the Yankees won a million World Series, so they love the Yankees. Spoken so, like a true Mets fan. Instead of going to the Mets games, you're going to the Yankee games to harass the boys. To harass the Yankees, exactly. Come on, man. That's like supposed to do it. You never <laughs> see a Yankee fan do that. We're too busy winning World Series. Even That's my Yankees. point. They didn't even think about us as the Mets fan. So, <laughs> so Jimmy and Franco, these two teams are going opposite directions. Talk to me about that. Ah, man, like we were saying, you know, especially at this time of the year, you know, going into the playoffs, you know, it's who's hot. And you know who's got the, who's got the better pitching, and right now, man, as much as I hate to say it, it, the Mets look like they have a puncher's chance against the Dodgers. You know, I like what you said—a puncher's chance. That that's that that's what it feels like. You know, they they just showed it. If you, if they can keep the Grom and Scherzer healthy, Edwin Diaz rounds out a bullpen that's mediocre at best. He makes it serviceable, but you know, the, the Yankees got to just get back to doing what they were doing. Um, you know, it comes back to you know. You know, Glaber, you know, everyone's got to stay healthy. You know, Glaber's got to go opposite field. You know, Judge can't do everything, man. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting these next couple these next couple of weeks. We need we need we need to win some games. I don't want to complain, but I think it might be time to finally get rid of Cashman. I cannot believe he decimated this roster going into the playoffs like this. Some of the worst moves maybe ever. To get rid of Jordan Montgomery and to see how he's playing right now in St. Louis is a huge punch in the face. I'm sorry. It kills me. A guy that was part of the Yankees forever from the beginning mm-hmm. was brought up by the Yankees. It always hurts. It always hurts. But there is a shining ray of hope in Oswald Peraza. I still think that if he breaks out, you know, it's time to bring these guys up, at least at least him. If we're going to keep our first-round picks, our first-round picks, if we're going to keep our number-one prospects, then we might as well bring them up around this time. I, I don't understand it. Why not well, even bring Volpe up at this point? Well, the thing is, Ryan – um, the roster is not expanded like it used to be. And Franco will tell you that back in the day, you could bring up, you know, up to like 30 guys, something like that, 35 guys. Yeah, you can only do 28 yeah. now. Am I right, Franco? 
Yeah, it's it's a shortened roster. Uh, right. You should do like a 40, like a, almost 40 like a, man roster. You said yeah. it, Franco. So you can bring 40 men and you could give some of those guys in AAA a chance to get a couple, three or four games in the big leagues. You, you can't do that any longer because of the roster limitations. Yeah, depending on how many pitchers you want to carry with you, you know, how many bench guys you want. But, uh, you know, I have to agree with Ryan in some aspects, though, man, because, you know, the game speeds up. Like you go from college to, you know, single A, double A, triple A, the game speeds up every level you get to. So, you know, giving a guy Volpe, you know, or Cabrera these reps now, you know, when, when they can use them, it just helps us in the future as well. So just getting those big league reps is humongous, man. Okay. I'm asking you another quick question. If the Yankees don't win the World Series, can they still sign the big fella, Aaron Judd? I think it's going to be tough to sign him even if they do win the World Series. Um, you know, there's so many factors coming into this. You know, I mean, we have the money, but there's so many other teams that have the money as well. He's got, ties, he's got ties to the West Coast. Um, the Mets being another team that has the money. I mean, and every team needs an Aaron Judge. So, you know, it's the, he, he, him betting on himself was humongous this year. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it, I do think he's going to leave. I did make a very hot take here on the radio and said maybe they should trade him for Soto instead of just losing him for absolutely nobody, even though he is the greatest Yankee we've had since Jeter, right? I mean, there hasn't been somebody that's done so much for this franchise, put them on their back, literally. I mean, I have 99 on this jersey right now, and it's coming from I love Aaron Judge. But like you said, he's from the West Coast. It doesn't look too promising. Man, but Don't tell me he's going to the Dodgers, man. As long as he ain't going to the Dodgers, I'd rather see him go to the Giants, the yep. Padres, the Angels, Oakland. Just don't go to the Dodgers. You said this earlier. The Dodgers are – they the Dodgers, dude. They're the new Yankees. They nasty. They're yep. doing exactly what the Yankees should be doing every the single Dodgers year. Nasty, They'll all bro. in at the deadline. They'll get a player, keep him for a year, even if he's the best person available, and then trade him the very next year. It's like the ghost of Steinbrenner is running the Dodgers. And they're doing it quietly, too. It's That's the, what I'm saying. Quietest, under the radar. Quietest 41 and 9 streak I've ever seen in my life. Under the radar, man. And, and the other night, I don't know if you guys watched it last week when they were playing the Mets. I got to give the Mets their props, man. This is what I'm saying to you. The Mets hung in there. That was the first time they beat the Dodgers in, a th- in, in years in a series. I mean, it just doesn't happen. And even Mookie Betts said, yo, Jake DeGrom is the truth. Mookie Betts said, yo, that dude. I watch his movements, Franco. The ball just like. Every, everything, same arm slot. You know, and there's only, there's only a few guys in the league that have the whip like him. You know, like the actual whip, like a rubber band. You know, and two of them being on the Mets, him and Scherzer. But, you know, what, what DeGrom does is crazy, man. It, even before the game. You know, you got some of the best players in the world, some of the best hitters in the game are defeated before they even step in the box. You know, and Trey Turner even said, you know, it, Trey Turner in, a, in an interview, uh, I want to say a couple months ago, he was like, who's the one player that you don't want to face? And it's like, Jacob DeGrom. You know, that, that's for everybody, you know. Like, everybody, so you go, then you go into the box and you're like, I'm not getting the hit here, man. It, and baseball is such a mental game. It is a very mental game. Anyone who plays it, it's the only game where, you know, I tell all my kids when I do lessons, I'm like, who's the, who's the best hitter you know? And I was like, oh, Mike Trout. I'm like, okay. So Mike Trout gets 1,000 at-bats. He gets 300 hits. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. He got out 700 times. Like, you got to – that's some that's some stuff you got to deal with, man. That's a mental game right there, you know? It's a game of losing. It is. Truly. It is. 
That's it is. It. And, and right now, okay, give me your, before we go, because you got to get out of here, give me your prediction, man. Franco, World Series prediction. God, I, I want I want to say Subway Series, but I I can't I can't see it not being the Astros and the Dodgers. Okay, Ryan, give me yours. Me Yankees Mets all day. I think we're, I'm going for the puncher's chance. I I still believe that something's going to happen within this Yankee team. I still think they have it in them. I might just be hoping, but we'll see what happens. You know what? I'm gonna go Mets Houston only because. If only because if the Yankees don't get their stuff together, man, they ain't going no damn place. I'm just being honest. And they don't got that much time to get it together either. This is right. September. Okay. So whatever they're doing, and they better do it fast, and they better get rid of Aaron Boone next year, too. He gotta go. He, he, <laughs> I don't like I don't like I don't like his managing style. No. I watch show I watch Buck. And I watch Aaron looks like he's Boone, he looks indecisive as a manager. Doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. He almost looks like he's just trying to be their friend more than that's anything. what I'm saying. It's like you know we boys and and Buck and Buck Showalter don't want to even be your friend. Hell, he don't want to be a, he don't even be nobody's daddy. The way he looks, like go play <laughs> I'm baseball. sick of him lying, Nate. He keeps telling us that things are okay and they're not okay. Yeah, yeah. With that okay, they keep he, he saying that okay line. It's like, dude, you were a reporter. Like, come on, give me something better than that. Like, <laughs> say, like say something. Who are you talking about? Aaron Boone. Oh, yeah, but he does it. Well, Aaron Boone is in the same vein, and I'm going to go leave this alone with my man Dak Prescott. They say nothing. Say the same thing every year. The Cowboys are going to be good this year. We got a good problem, and then they lose. <laughs> well, let's uh, not start comparing the Yankees to the Cowboys. Okay? I am, because they You're both want to be, like like be America's team, and they ain't done nothing to, to win back fans for America. Dallas want to be America's team. They The last time they won – Franco, you was two years old. <laughs> well, hey, I need CD Lamb to have a good year this year. He was my third overall pick. So. There, there you go, fantasy. You fantasy brothers. Hey, man, Franco, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you, um, man. I thank you guys so much for having me, man. This this was this is a great way to kick off my Saturday morning. Yo, let's plug the Instagram too, because I know you got a thriving business out there. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you can contact us right through uh, Instagram at at ny pot butter n y p o t b u t t e r. And um, one more real quick thing. I just wanted to uh, plug. Uh, we sponsor an unbelievable artist. Her name is Violina. Uh, you can find her on Instagram as well at, at H-I-I-T-S-V-I-A. She just dropped an album called Nix. That's on all streaming platforms. And I got to tell you, man, it's unbelievable. So if you got Do some Do me time, a favor, man. Send me that information. Man. I can put it up on my stream. We have a um, streaming site. Definitely. 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 And, I, and I'll put it up. You're the man, bro. Thank you. Okay. Franco, thanks, man, for hanging with us. We appreciate you. Of course, man. Anytime. And Ryan, we got to thank our man Eric for coming on, too. That's right. Everybody out there listening, we love you. We will be back at the same time, same place next week. Shouts to all the Fox Sports radio listeners out there, whether you're in Rochester or not. We love you all. Hey, man. And we'll get some more of the crew on next week with you guys. On Until next time, in between time, don't take no wooden nickels. For real, for real. Don't let nobody give you the business. And don't let nobody tell you that Donald Trump ass is not going to jail because he is. <laughs> and until next week, <laughs> see ya. Lil' Kato on the track. Verdict Studios. Carlos, play me the radio. Y'all better get ready. Tune in. It's about to go down. Let me get ready, yo. Let me get ready. 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 Let
plug me in on your podcast. Verdict Studios in the mix, get your press kit right on your fix. They was looking at me cause they know the mix. It be off the chain, can't no one to shh. We be worldwide, better check the stack. Go get the camera, call us, bring them back. She done dropped the down, land on the back. She done made a dance, shawty, where you at? On me worldwide, yeah, that's straight fact. Get your social media on track. Better keep your radio on max. When you hear this, you gon' love that. Can't no get it how we live it, what it does that. You can catch me get a shoot and make a buzz back. They be talking about the guy that better get racks. You be messing with the man, you better have racks. Out of cash, they be ducks like air flat. Like the guy cool man with a half tag. Just plug me in, radio, better get it together. You messing with the man like I'm a Plug me in, plug me in.